Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to the Ponder New Podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Mayalis. And the greeting Shabbat Shalom is what many Jews will say as the sun is setting on Friday night and the Sabbath, the day of rest, begins in this warm, beautiful greeting of, of welcoming this day of rest, personifying it. And today we're going to reflect on the Sabbath, uh, its, its place within the creation account, also within other parts of Scripture, including the Ten Commandments, and finally the, the life and ministry and teachings of Jesus, and then also what it means for us today who live in a busy world that just refuses ever to take a day or a break or anything related to rest. And so what do you do to relax? How do you uh, allow God to give you a break to, to be recreated? Well, we're going to ponder such things. Uh, hopefully a new I see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful The beginning of chapter 2 Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. You can often tell a person's age by what adjectives they use. So if somebody says, Nifty, you kind of know when they come from. If somebody says gnarly, you kind of know that they're lingering on to the late 80s uh, too greatly or something. And in today's world, we probably have the, the challenge of just an overabundance of positive adjectives where everything has to be totally awesome. And in fact, if you were to just get a good from a teacher, you might get nervous that somehow you had done poorly on uh, that uh, essay or exam. Ancient Hebrew had no sense of uh, adjectival inflation. Uh, Things were not often good, and things were very rarely very good. In fact, the two words for very good, tov meod, only occur five times in the whole Old Testament. Only five times is something declared to be very good. Uh, And and one of those times is in the book of Genesis, when God declares that creation is very good. And in, well, just a side note here, not everybody likes the idea of a judgmental God. But the cool thing is that if God is judge and God actually declares something to be good, in this case, very good, then, well, it can't be overturned. It can't be appealed. It it can't be bypassed. It is the final judgment. There is no second opinion greater. So God has declared humanity in its whole in relationship with all of the beauty of creation to be very good. What is God's response to this being very good? God, well, declares it so, and then God chooses a day of rest. God rests from the labors. And the word for rest there in Hebrew uh, is Shabbat. And that's the word that comes in English as Sabbath. 
And if you've ever met uh, a Jewish person, especially one that is uh, more serious or even mildly serious about their faith, you know how important the, the day of, of rest, of Sabbath, is to them. And it's, it's the poetic capstone to this uh, beautiful creation account, but it's, it's elsewhere in Scripture. And in fact, one could argue that the, after the creation story, that it's going to the next most important thing in the Old Testament is, is going to be the, the Exodus story and then the giving of the Ten Commandments. And in fact, one of the commandments is about the Sabbath. Now, this is a little bit of quirky biblical, uh, almost, yeah, this is fascinating, but the, the Old Testament records two givings of the Ten Commandments. The one is in Exodus chapter 20, and the second is in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And what happens, the reason why they have to be given twice is because at one point Moses gets so mad, he throws down, Moses is the one who's given the Ten Commandments by God. And, and, and Moses just throws them down in disgust. He's so disappointed with the people. So then God has to remake the Ten Commandments. Um, but it's, it's years later that the Ten Commandments are made for the second time. And there's actually some differences between the two, uh, which is in itself mind-boggling. And one of the commandments is that's different. Um, you know, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. Those, those are in both of them. <laughs> but, but one of the commandments that's, that's uh, slightly different is really this commandment about the Sabbath. And uh, there's a different word. One is honor the Sabbath. One is remember the Sabbath. But what's, uh, what, that's really biblical. That, that's its own side story. But what I want to focus on now is that th- there's two different justifications used. And, and the one we're told, uh, first of all, this is one of the only commandments that actually has a theological justification, the only one. And one of the times uh, in, in Exodus 20, the first time the Ten Commandments are given, the reason to honor the Sabbath is because the Lord made the earth in, in six days and on the seventh day rested. And so sort of to, to honor God and to be in rhythm with, with creation and with God's intention for us, we're called to rest. The second time it's given, though, the justification is different. And the second time the commandment is given, it's uh, because you were slaves, God says, to the people of Israel in Egypt, and now you're not. And the point is, is that uh, slaves never get a break. So they didn't get a break in Egypt, and if they're going to have a more just society, then they should give a break to people. And in fact, the Ten Com- this is also another one of the commandments that very much uh, sort of almost has fine print. Like it's telling you, not just you, but like your animal, the alien, i.e. the the immigrant, the refugee, the low-paid worker among you, people in your household, uh, your, your slaves, again, again, people that you would have employed in the ancient world in various forms. It's like everybody and anybody who in society should be having a rest. And it's because it, the people that often have to sort of work the most are those on the bottom totem pole. Like the irony is that we have like a Labor Day in America, but the only people that like have to work on Labor Day are sort of people in retail, right? People who are like not making that much per hour. So the people that make more per hour don't have to work those days. So it's kind of a, again, this, this <laughs> sobering reminder of the way the world works that if society isn't really cautious and, and really striving, inevitably the, the people who are on the margins will just sort of have to work to the bone. So this is really embedded in, in the, 
again, the Ten Commandments and the creation story. And, and if you think about then those two explanations in those, um, the two times the Ten Commandments are given, it really sort of embodies then the two great commandments that Jesus uh, derived from the Old Testament. The one is to love the Lord your God with everything you have. The other is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so to honor the Sabbath means that we're, we're loving God and that we worship God take time for that, and that we also love our neighbor, and that we make sure that our neighbor also has a day of rest. And so if you think about Genesis, again, lining up these, Genesis 1, these sort of, this relational, uh, we're in relation with God, with each other, and with creation, that in order for us to have right relationship with God, with others, and with creation, that we need a, a day of rest. This is how we and creation, we're, we're just built for this. The New Testament as well picks up this idea. And in fact, Jesus, it says, as was his custom, he went to the, on the Sabbath to the synagogue. That uh, Jesus was worshiping with his fellow disciples, with his, with his kinsfolk uh, in the Jewish manner once a week. And Jews have continued this practice of, of worship uh, over the, the centuries on, on the Sabbath. However, the New Testament also has a critique of the first century practices around the Sabbath. And there was a group called the Pharisees that were really, they get a bad rap, it's really complicated, but suffice to say for now that they really wanted to keep Jewish laws to help fight against sort of the, the Roman paganization of their culture. And in their zeal to have their nation not just become sort of another sort of Roman colony that worshipped Roman gods and had Roman practices, they would really buckle down on certain traditions and in the process sort of miss any of the grace and mercy and even sort of true devotion that these practices and these laws were intended for. And so Jesus often spars against them, although, as it turns out, some of the earliest converts to Christianity, Paul included, were Pharisees or Nicodemus. So don't slam the Pharisees too hard. <laughs> uh, they were zealous to keep God's law. Uh, and, and, but, but Jesus is critiquing their, their Sabbath understandings because they were just becoming arbitrary after a while as to what they would do and what they wouldn't do on the Sabbath and becoming fairly self-righteous about that. So Jesus heals on the Sabbath and people get all upset. And he's kind of like, look, you take your ox and, and donkey out to get water on the Sabbath. So why would I not heal this child on the Sabbath, right? So there's, there's, there's this conflict. And so um, Jesus seems to, uh, well, he's critiquing a first century practice, but for many later on, they don't um, think about it in that context. They just sort of hear Jesus critiquing an obsession with the Sabbath. And therefore they begin to see, or they begin to interpret that the Sabbath is sort of a flexible arrangement, that this is just sort of a, a human creation that we can sort of give or take, a cultural construct of a long time ago in a faraway place, and we don't need this. And so, especially then within the last sort of two to three generations within our own country, we have really chipped away at any sense of the Sabbath being holy. And so now, um, you know, Sunday morning is, is really do whatever you want. Uh, I would say, I, I think realistically, probably 
somewhere between 10 and, and maybe 15% of our country is actually worshiping uh, once a week, be, be a Christian or any other sort of house of, house of worship. Uh, and really, the big, the big sort of houses of worship on, on Sundays are going to be sports arenas, but not even just the big fancy ones where you have to pay, you know, $70 a ticket and $20 for, you know, a soda and a hot dog, but the kind where you, uh, you know, go on Sunday mornings and you sort of take your kids all around to various sporting events and, uh, or maybe dance or maybe music, and sort of we, we pay homage to the great gods of childhood raising industries. Um, that always have one more activity, one more competition, one more camp, one more tournament uh, for us, lest our children fall woefully behind and somehow miss one more opportunity to advance themselves. One of the teachers I had at seminary was a man named Jim Nestigan, and he taught us that if it's, you don't break the commandments, but they break you. And so it's happened is that we live in this world in which we don't have a Sabbath anymore, culturally or really individually. And um, we're, we're just always working. And, and it, so it's, and it breaks us. Because what happened was, you know, I remember there were when um, sort of email at work started to become in like 20, eh, maybe 20, 25 years ago, there'd be people who would say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to get a head start on my email when you can really start to access email either on your phone or outside of work, like 15 years ago. I'm going to start to get ahead. And on Sunday night, I'm going to, I'm going to respond to my emails. Within a few years, suddenly everybody was doing that. And now if you check your email on the weekend, now there were other emails, and you actually were expected to respond to those over the weekend. And suddenly everybody was on call all the time. And, you know, what used to, used to be just for maybe, you know, a solo practicing doctor, I don't know, or maybe people thought of like a, you know, a pastor on the prairie, Suddenly, everybody was just on call all the time. And then we had this pandemic where we were sort of uh, had the opportunity to work from home. And suddenly, everybody was on all the time. And, you know, home, work, rest became this, this blur. And it just produced such incredible burnout. And so, I mean, how tired are you today? <laughs> how fatigued and overwhelmed are you by all you have to do? Again, we don't break the commandments. They break us. And so we've said, we don't need a Sabbath. And then instead, what we've done <laughs> is we buy and are so hungry for and seeking all sorts of psychological, spiritual, pseudo-spiritual, uh, medical ways to unburden ourselves from always being on. So whether it's medication, um, whether it's books on anxiety, whether it's mindfulness training, whether it's yoga, um, we do all of these things to find rest, to finally find a way to shut it off. When from the very beginning, God said, yeah, you're, you're programmed once a week to take a break. And that's okay. In, in fact, that's actually holy and good to do this. So where do we go from here, right? There's this biblical tradition that says, this is how we're made, and then there's this biblical tradition that said, well, people got it wrong. And then we heard then that critique, especially from Jesus in the first century, and said, well, okay, well, we don't need to worry about this, rather than actually hear what Jesus was saying, which was a critique of the first century practices, not of the Sabbath. And now we've really ended up in a situation through a process of bad interpretation of the Bible, secularization, and all sorts of anxieties about being a good parent in the 21st century, and, uh, and a good employee, and and the global economy, and we're just, 
we're just run amok. So we're sinking again in self-help to find rest. So where do we go from here? Well, I, I want to uh, suggest uh, that we do understand the Sabbath as it was intended, which is a gift. Uh, Moses in, in Exodus chapter 16 says, you know, the Sabbath was given to us. I thought that was a beautiful thing. The Sabbath was, the Lord gave the Sabbath to you. And even Jesus says the Sabbath wasn't made for, for God. It was made for humans, right? The Sabbath is a gift. And I want to offer you two ways to think about the Sabbath. And, and I want to, I think it could be a good conversation for the Bible studies that are meeting on Sunday morning or just for you to ponder. And the two ways that we can sort of think about gift, uh, about the Sabbath, are really whether we want to go more of the, the Jewish route or the Christian route. And let me explain there. So for Jewish people, the, the day begins, the Sabbath begins on Friday night into Saturday morning, right? Their days begin at sundown. And the emphasis in the Jewish tradition on the Sabbath is a day of rest, really of doing as little as possible. And there's evidence that Christians, and Jesus himself, and, and earlier than Christians, especially those who were Jews, worshipped on the Jewish Sabbath, Friday into Saturday. But Christians also began to worship on Sunday. And the reason why they did this is because Jesus was raised from the dead on the first day of the week, the day after the Sabbath on Sunday. And, uh, and so it becomes then this way of celebrating the resurrection. This is the day in which we, we break bread together and have the Eucharist or Holy Communion, which we, we celebrate uh, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus in worship. It's a day then of, of recreation, of God's inbreaking new kingdom into our midst. And those are two ways in which we can understand and think about uh, a way to approach this day of rest. So for some of you, do you just need more of a day in your life in which you don't schedule anything? You, you say no to various tournaments. You say no to even fa other family or other invites, other friends, because you just need a time when you can do as little as possible. Another way is to consider a day of recreation. What's going to, in fact, not to stop from your creation, but to actually engage in creation. Like Again, to view it as this is the day in which we celebrate the resurrection and God's inbreaking kingdom into this world and the new creation. And so what would actually be playfully creative for you? What would allow you to sort of get your juices uh, sort of uh, going, recharged, if you will, your batteries? Both a day of rest and a day of recreation, I think, have, a, have both a historical and a, a scriptural warrant for them. So, which seems like what you need? What would have to change in order to make that possible? What would you give up then to make that a part of your routine? And what is really more costly, not restoring a Sabbath rhythm to your life? or restoring a Sabbath rhythm to your life. So those are my questions for you today. Uh, my reflection here, I know it's just a few verses in Scripture on the Sabbath, but it's clearly an important part of both the Old and the New Testament, and just sort of the thinking about how God uh, has us in, in this world, and especially for a world in which we've ignored the Sabbath. I think we're, we're called to reflect and to celebrate and live into uh, this day of rest. So 
my prayers for you then this week are that um, you could uh, rediscover uh, the beauty and Emily gift that the Sabbath is for you and uh, for your household.